please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 through 50. As I continue to preach in the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign, day 1920, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2305 since January the 1st, 2016, the message titled, The Separation of the Saints and the Sinners. At the last day, part four, Jesus and the parables of, rather Jesus and the purpose of the parables, part 37, the Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me good. Okay. Matthew chapter 13 verses 47 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind which when it was full they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. And you can mark the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ as I told you last night, and I have told you many times before from the Word of God, is the Son of God, therefore He is God, and God cannot lie. So play, uh, so rather pay close attention to His words here. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth, and sever the wicked from among the just. This has to happen because you remember the uh, tares and the wheat. <clears throat> sever is a serious word. And that means that the angels are going to come and, and untangle the wicked from among the just or the righteous, those who are saved, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. Nearly every time Jesus Christ preached, he emphasized the fire in hell <clears throat> or the lake of fire. If you read the Bible, you're going to know that there's fire in hell and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Shall we pray? 
Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, on this evening, Lord, help us to individually and collectively confess our sins, our failures, and our faults unto you as believing Christians as believers in you, Lord Jesus. And for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Lord, make us to be whiter than snow, those of us who are the just those of us who are only justified because of you, Lord Jesus Christ, and we know it. You who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. You who paid our sin debt, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God. And so, Lord, we are very thankful for what you have done for us and help your people never to forget what you have done for us. And Holy Father God, uh, therefore we individually confess our sins, faults, and failures unto you. So that in the words of Dr. J. Gordon Henry, we can get on praying ground, preaching ground, receiving from the word ground, for sin will block all of that. And so, Lord, help people to take a moment who, people who are saved and some, no doubt, who have taken you for granted and take it, taken prayer for granted uh, to uh, get snapped back into reality and uh, understand that their uh, ears are dull, are dull of hearing because of sin in their own lives as believers in Christ. And Lord, forgive us of our sins and help us to truly repent of our sins. Break us, Lord, make us and mold us to be what you would have us to be. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of my own wife and Lord, others in my family, uh, my own mother, and uh, my sisters, and others. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of lost people around the world, across this country, and in our community. Open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, 
and help them to hear the gospel tonight. Save those who are lost even in the church and outside of the church. Open their blinded eyes and unstop their deaf ears. And Holy Father God, we thank you for what you have done today with us and through us, and what a day it has been. And uh, Lord, I love it when uh, things do not go smoothly on a day like today, Sunday. Uh, that lets us know that the devil is fighting against us and uh, lets us know that we're having impact. For in the words of Denzel Washington, the devil is not going to bother those who are not hurting his kingdom. So we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. At the same time, Lord, I pray that that truth would motivate those who are not saved but religious, that they would get saved and not allow the devil to use them to try to hinder your gospel and your holy word from going forth. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell in the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of my own wife's life and the life of other people here who may have that problem and other people out there who may have that problem and help them to take this prayer seriously. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would give us all sweet victory tonight over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Lord, help us to tell the truth and shame the devil. As you know, Lord, and as my wife knows and everybody else in our family knows, I've been praying like this for 34 years. And Lord, I pray that others would join us if they're saved, <coughs> for they know exactly what I'm talking about. Having family members who are religious but lost, and Lord, I do pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know your Savior. And Lord, and that their whole family would come to know your Savior as well. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ also. At this time, please rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, from this time and from your holy word as it is being preached. Not only here, but other places around the world. And Lord, we pray that uh, lost souls would be saved, Christians would be revived, uh, the sick would be healed, that you would comfort those who are grieving and mourning from the coronavirus plague, which we all can still catch and from the war, and from other horrifying things happening in the world today. Some things, Lord, we don't even know how people make it if they don't know you. And so, Holy Father God, receive all glory to your name, lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and help us to give you all of the glory. Help us 
to serve in a such a way and preach in such a way that you receive all of the glory, praise, and honor, and that your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting at your right hand, would receive all of the glory, praise, and honor, that he would be lifted up. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and for his sake, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, the separation of the saints <coughs> and the sinners. At the last day, part four. And sadly, I believe we're coming to a shorter close on this passage than I would like. Dr. Albert Barnes said, the good seed and the wicked people must remain together until the end, when they shall be separated, severed, as Jesus said, and the righteous saved and the wicked lost. The one shall shine clear as the sun. <clears throat> By the way, as Daniel talked about, the other be cast into a furnace of fire. And let me just say something right off the bat. It's just something that God put on my heart to say as he oftentimes does right before the message has nothing it's not connected with this message in other words it's not written down anywhere believe it or not as most of my preaching is not uh, but the truth of the matter is Those, uh, well, let me say it this way. We're all sinners. Every last one of us. We talk about the saints and the sinners. There was a television show which was better than Greenleaf. To me, the writing was better. The acting was better. And by the way, one of the main characters in Saints and Sinners uh, is the father of Sasha Obama's new boyfriend. And in this day and time is sad, but I, I get excited about young men and young women getting together. It's a shame that I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. <clears throat> it shouldn't, shouldn't matter. It should be, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. A young man getting with a young woman. It's a beautiful thing. It's always been a beautiful thing. But anyway. 
I forget the actor's name. <clears throat> but if the son is anything like the father, uh, she's got a man on her hands. And I can see him in the show right now. If, 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 if this was all a part of the show, Saints and Sinners, I can... I can hear him saying, young, young blood, <laughs> you going to tell me, man, you, 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 you got, uh, you hooked up to the president's daughter, my son, young blood, you, 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 you dating the president's daughter, man, you got me in high cotton, man, I can hear him now. Come on, man. Don't be lying to me. Come on, young blood. But anyway, <clears throat> that's uh, a lighter kind of a thing. On a more serious note, to the homosexual community, you need to understand that those of us in the heterosexual community including myself, in the flesh. Uh, I would like to be playing the field. In other words, I would like to have some side pieces on the side. In other words, I don't want to say it this way, but it is what it is. I would like to be an adulterer. And have several women that I can pull from. For those of you who say you can't help yourself, if you trust Christ as Savior, homosexuals, you can help yourself. <clears throat> Because my sin is, 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 is terrible as well. The sin that I want to commit. But once I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, as a pattern of life, God has given me the strength not to do that. Before I got saved, that's, that's all I did. Run women. But because Jesus Christ saved my soul and he is living inside of me, I'm not living that lifestyle. And if you truly trust Christ as Savior, you will not live that lifestyle. So we're all sinners. But I'm here to tell you about somebody. I'm a nobody telling you about somebody who can save anybody. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the one. And this is to my sweet evangelicals as well. To my sweet Baptists. To my sweet Bible folk. Uh, you need to understand as well that Jesus makes the difference. Is not your upbringing, 
is not what kind of church you go to. Jesus is the one. If he's living on the inside of you, he's the one keeping you from sin and evil that you are prone to do. Somebody needs to tell the truth and shame the devil. He's the one who makes the difference, man. It's not, it's not what seminary we went to or what cemetery we went to. It's not even what kind of parents we uh, have, even though it's great to have good parents. But if you're prone to do evil, you're prone to commit fornication, prone to commit adultery, prone to be a liar, you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Prone to be so-called prone to be a homosexual. Talking about I was born this way. We all born a certain way with with sin in us and certain sins that we prefer. Let's keep it real. You say, well, I thought preacher, you're going to preach on this right here. This is a part of the message. I want you to understand that we're going to be severed in the last day. Torn apart. Tares and wheat. The saints and the sinners. And I want you to understand that those of us who by the grace of God are called saints. We're still sinners. Jesus is the one who made the difference. And I'm saying to my sweet evangelicals and my sweet Christians. That some of you are lost in the church. There's no doubt about it. Listen to me very carefully. We would not be in the mess we're in today. In the church and in America and in the world. If half of the church, over half of the church, has already been proven, I predict, predicted this years ago, over half of the pastors are lost. And are on their way to hell. Some have committed suicide. And had overnight delivery, if you will, to hell. <clears throat> if over half of the pastors are lost and on their way to hell, just imagine how many folks are lost in the church. I'm talking about white churches, black churches, brown churches, yellow churches, red churches, whatever. Have you been born again? See? Because you're going to be tossed out of that net as well. Religious but lost. You know the lingo. You know how to say praise the Lord. You know how to press the flesh. You know how to hit that shoulder hug. Bam. You know, bam, don't touch down here. No, no. The Christian hug. You hit that you hit that shoulder. Bam. That's it. You know how to do it. Unless you're hugging Sylvia, and then you want to take it, you want to get a little bit more than what uh, you should be getting. Or Bo Peep. Maybe trying to get on up in there. In the church. Don't look at me funny, the devil is a lie. And you're lied to, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So make sure you're saved. Do what the Bible says. Examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith. Man, I tell you, I, 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 I didn't come for all of this on Sunday evening. And uh, uh, my soul.
right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, in our last message in this series, and I hope that I can stretch it out further because there's so much to deal with here. We looked at how the wicked and the just will be divided at the end of the world. What I'm saying to the homosexual community is you're lost and on your way to hell. You are doing what you want to do. See, and the difference is I would like to do what I want to do, which is be with other women besides my wife. I know you don't want to hear it, you sweet evangelical. That's the, that's not a part of the program. That's the, but that's the reality. And see, you jokers are doing it. See, I'm not doing that. You know why? Not because I'm a great guy. I have a great Savior, number one, and I have a God whom I fear. He taught me to fear Him. I had no fear uh, before my eyes. <clears throat> Of God or anybody else, man. Even after I got saved, I didn't have any fear of God. I thought like the rest of you thought. That God was just so loving. He's the old man upstairs. And and he, he's so loving and so full of grace. Uh, he's not going to chastise me and with me. And if he does, I can handle his chastisement. I just don't want your chastisement, you human beings. That's what I used to think. And that's what I used to say to myself so stupidly. And then God got a hold of me. And as the old preachers used to say, he took me to the woodshed and kept me there a while. And only by his grace, he, he somehow put in me to go ahead on and accept it. Go ahead on and respond right. Don't bow up and get no attitude now. <laughs> That's why you always hear me say, don't, don't, don't mess with God like that. Don't get no attitude once he takes you to the woodshed. It's time to submit. Amen. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. And, 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 and all of you husbands who submit to God because you fear God, and you don't have no girlfriends, bad English, but good talk, good preaching, good preaching. You don't have a girlfriend on the side. You don't have a side piece. You know why? Because you fear God. You don't fear your wife. I don't fear my wife. I fear God. I'm not concerned about my wife's wrath. I'm concerned about God's wrath and chastisement upon me. <clears throat> See? And so after he got a hold of me, I learned how to fear God real quick. And I have never been the same. It was like a born-again, born-again situation. I was already born again, already saved. But, but God had to teach me some things. And not until you understand how to fear God, either by his hand or because you got good sense. And you're not as wicked as I was. Then um, you're not going to really serve God like you're supposed to. The old pastors, like Dr. John McNeil Jr. will. And Dr. John Man Jr. will not say this. He's too nice to say this. But uh, uh, some other pastors will say it. Well, God will teach you. God can teach you better than he can. He can show you better than he can tell you. 
That's, that's all. They, that's all he goes. Doctor John ain't not even gonna tell you that. He's just gonna look at you. He gonna just like, and he put his glasses down like that. All right then. <laughs> that's it. And I know he's saying it enough. God's gonna get you, young man. And he did. And I have never been the same. I fear God. I was glad to hear this actor, a black actor out of Hollywood, Christian actor. He said, I fear God. I said, all right now. All right then. We're we, we we, we, we getting somewhere. Yes, sir. Uh, because once God gets a hold of you, and uh, God fixes you. That's what we used to say down on the dirty, dusty roads of James City. Dirt roads of James City. I'll fix you. Well, see, God will fix you. Do you hear me? You evangelicals, you sweet evangelicals, you sweet Christians, you sweet independent Baptists, uh -huh. God will fix you. God is nobody to play with. He'll teach you all of that. And, and one of the ways that he's going to teach you that is not just by the pain of the chastisement. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Not just the pain. But the length of time. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh-huh. The length of time. God is not on a schedule. God is not in time. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to understand that. As the old, old saints used to say, do not get God started. All true born-again believing Christians, if they've been saved a while, they understand the principle of not getting God started. No, 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 no. You don't want to, you don't. You don't want to get God started. I lovingly say that to you. You go on with your bad self. And see, I'll say it. Dr. John McNeil is not going to say a word. He's not going to say a word. If he detects that he, you're not going to listen to what he's telling you, he's not going to tell you anything. And he's not going to say, give you a word of warning. He's not going to say anything. Dr. John McNeil over the land of our Baptist church. He ain't going to say a word. He's going to let you go right on until God gets a hold of you. See, and if you are saved, you're going to be chastised by God. He'll give you space to repent. You don't take heed to that. That love and that grace, he's going to pull you in the woodshed. You won't, you won't come out you won't you won't come out by afternoon. You're not you're not going to be seen for a while. You're going on the back side of the desert to get to know God for real, real. <laughs> Do you hear me? You can play with God if you want to. And if you're not experiencing that, or if you have never experienced that, you are a bastard. A bastard child. Preacher, you ought not to be cussing. I'm just quoting the Bible to you. You, you, you. You're not a child of God, man. You're not saved. If sin does not bother you, 
and you're not chastised for your sin after a while, it's going to be a little while after you got saved. It's going to be, you know, maybe four or five years before God get a hold of you. But as sure as I'm black and my last name White, God, if you are born again, will get a hold of you. I'm not Dr. John McNeil. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Dr. T.D. Jakes experienced it. That's why he preached that famous message. I bet you I won't do that again. This happens to save people. Not only that, my sweet prosperity gospel preachers. I mean people. Uh, uh, this is no, in the words of Ian Majors, uh, this is no easy road. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not even talking about chastisement, but to live the true Christian life, uh, you're going to have tribulation, trials, temptations, tests. Yes, all over your family, your perfect family, you lying, uh, 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 prosperity gospel people. Everything was supposed to go well for you and perfect for you and wonderful for you. Wonderful for you. Pardon me, that's not true. It's not. It's not the Christian life. This is no easy road. So you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have temptations. You're going to have Judases in your family and outside of your family. Read Spurgeon sometime. He'll tell you. They're waiting on you. There are people who are trying to bring you down and you don't even know it. <clears throat> and so back to the text, ladies and gentlemen. The wicked will be cast into hell while the just will be gathered into heaven. Dr. Charles Spurgeon said, On the shore will be the place for separation. You two can switch in the back. The worthless, useless, and corrupt will be castaways. Do you know it's terrible to be worthless, useless, and corrupt? That means you're just not profit. You're not profitable at all for God and for the kingdom or for others. You don't want to live your life that way. So trust Christ as Savior and uh, make your life count by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, He's the only one who can make your life count. And guess what? He gets all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. And let me just go ahead and burst your bubble just a little bit more. I am convinced that if God uses anybody, we're just less than 1% of the equation. Now, God is 99 and over percent of the equation. You say, well, preacher, how can that be? 
very easily because you're worthless and I'm worthless. We are useless without God. We can't do anything without God. God made it very clear. <clears throat> but he, did, he, did, he doesn't talk about it that much because he wants you to do your part, which is less than 1%. Is all of God's grace. Spurgeon said, "Is all of grace. Is all of grace. Any good thing that comes out of you, my preaching tonight and so forth and so on, is all of God's grace. Is 99 plus Him, not me. And you might as well just come to, to grips with that. <laughs> you, you're you're going to have to humble yourself now. Some of you are going to humble yourself, humble yourselves down, way down. Is all of grace is all about it. Uh, let me tell you how, how great God's grace is. God will, by His grace, listen to me carefully because this is going to be mind boggling for some of you people. He's the one that puts His love in your heart to shed abroad to others. Get a hold of that. Amen, lights. So we don't like that. We want to do something. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. Any, if you have any love in your heart, God gave it to you. It's his love. If you have any uh, righteous character, God gave it to you. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and don't you ever forget it. Humble. And see that's why God wants you to be humble now. That's why God is. I want you to try to take any credit now. That's why God is jealous of his glory now. He gets all the glory. You get none. He's not going to share his glory with you. And the true saints who've been saved a while, they're shouting right now, all over the world. You right, preacher. Amen, preacher. But they have learned that. They shouted louder when I was talking about the chastisement, see? If you're not shouting about the chastisement part, you're not saying amen to that, you're probably not saved. You need to examine yourself. Or you, may be just be, you might be a baby Christian, I don't know. But if you've been saved a while, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, if you're not with me on that right now, there's something wrong somewhere. You're a bastard. You don't know God and God does not know you. And Jesus is going to say to you, not well done, thou good and faithful servant. But depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The wicked, the evil, the corrupt. You know, it's terrible to be corrupt. There's some people who are corrupt, and they're corruptible, and they corrupt other people. Will be castaways, even though, even though they were once in the net, connected to the uh, saints, the Taz, right beside the saints. 
but the truly saved, the truly precious, will be taken from the net and presented to their Lord. The separation between the wicked and the just. The just are the saved. We're all wicked now, but those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. And Jesus calls them the just. They have been justified by me. These are my people. They believed in me. They have trusted in me. They're no better than the other people, but they, they believed in me. They trusted in me as their Savior, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross, on the tree, if you will, for their sins, was buried, went through hell and went to hell, and rose from the dead early one Sunday morning. They believed in me, who are in the kingdom, will be at the close of the dispensation. It will be accomplished by the messengers of God, the appointed angels. It's going to be done by the angels, the separation, the severing. That's a movie title for some of you out there who like to make movies, the severing. There you go, bam. It's free. Take it. The severing. The severing. The appointed angels. It will be done infallibly, readily, fully, and finally. It's going to be over. The doom of the wicked is described in terms which are terrible to the last degree. Those who would have us think lightly of the punishment of the ungodly, of those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, have no continence in the teachings of the Lord Jesus. Let me repeat, Jesus Christ did not lie about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ never lied about anything. Jesus Christ cannot lie because he is the Son of God, therefore he is God. Okay, so he's not lying about this. He's not lying about the punishment to come to those who wickedly refused to believe in him and lived wicked lives. Going to hell for eternal punishment in the flames of fire. And he's not lying about those who believe in him going to heaven. He cannot lie. And you need to understand that. This is true. This is real.
neither does the idea that fire causes annihilation find any support from the metaphor here employed. No, you're not just going to burn up. You're going, you're going to burn and you're going to suffer for a long time for your sin. That's how bad sin is. For in the furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You know how when you're in pain and you grit your teeth to try to endure the pain? True followers of Christ will be gathered into heaven, but false believers, false believers, false believers. Now let me let me help you with the false believers again. These are people who say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, but their life does not change through the Savior. When the Bible teaches that once you trust Christ as Savior, He is going to help you to change. You cannot help but change. This is not something manufactured. This is not something that you are you, you're trying to make come to pass. Jesus Christ in you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, brings it to pass. He's conforming you into His image. He's breaking you, making you, and molding you to be like Him. And so, if at some point in your Christian life, you're not changing, you still got the same old mean attitude you had before, you're still hateful of white people and black people and red people and yellow people, you're still a racist, uh, you still you have, you have no problem committing fornication, huh? You have no, and, and call yourself saved and in church every Sunday. You have no problem committing adultery. And you call yourself saved and you just happy go lucky. You, you don't feel any guilt for your sin at all. Maybe some light little feelings on the conscience level, but I'm talking about deep down sin that's disturbing. I mean, deep down conviction that's disturbing to your life. Where you, you feel like something is missing. You know what's missing? The first level of chastisement. Where God breaks the fellowship with you. He, he does not break the relationship. But he will break the fellowship. Because uh, you start living in sin and doing what you want to do. In the words of Dr. Tony Evans, God is looking for an exit. Okay, well, he's not rolling with that. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it it is stated clearly in the scriptures that once you get saved, and, and we're not talking about legalism. We're talking about a change from the inside out that cannot be faked, cannot be phonied. You can't help it to start. You can't help but to hate sin and to hate ungodliness and unrighteousness in your own life first. If you can lie to your wife and call yourself a Christian, there's something wrong. You can lie to her to her face or lie to your husband, lie to your children, 
Lie on your children and stuff like that. That doesn't bother you. You just trying to save your butt. There's something wrong, man. And I believe that you're not saved. You've never been born again. There are people like that in the church. If you can tolerate sin and excuse sin, even using God's word, grace, to excuse sin and talk to your girlfriends, oh, it's all right. It's the grace of God. Amen. Then lie on the blood. It was under the blood. and It's not under the blood. It's still in your heart, wicked heart. And, 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 and you're going to go right on to both people and do it again. You can go right on back to Sylvia and do it again. And, and let me tell you homosexual or something. Now, I thank God I've never experienced that. I've never been that. I've never had that kind of desire in my life. So I, I, I cannot tell you from a, a, a place of experience. But I believe that the, the, the abomination of homosexuality, not that far removed from the sin of... Uh, Fornication and adultery, as far as its hooking power, I believe that homosexuality is such an abomination that it is so wicked, so demonic, rather, that it, it has a, a stronger hooking power than fornication and adultery. And fornication and adultery, they have a strong hooking power. Where you you can get you can do it once and you think you can get out of it, 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 it has a way of hooking you. I believe the abomination of homosexuality is more demonic and uh, more wicked, more satanic, and I believe that the hooking power for for a man to want to kiss a man, a woman to want to kiss a woman, all that. I, that that is that's an abomination in God's sight, and that that right there, according to the Bible, is, is you're getting to the point where you are reprobate. If you continue in that and don't get saved, you it's going to be hard to get out of it. Is what I'm saying. Just like it is hard to get out of heterosexual sin. The power. Listen to me. Sex is a very powerful thing. I tell virgin young ladies, my daughters included, I wrote a whole book on this, you don't want to get started with that because it has a strong hooking power. If you want to maintain yourself and be a virgin when you get mad, you don't want to get caught up with that because it will hook you. See, that's, see this is the reason why God hates sin in your life and in my life. It has a hooking power that will get you hooked into it and trapped into it. And if Jesus does not come and save you, if you don't allow Jesus to come and save you, you're going to be in trouble, my friend. You're going to be in trouble. So, uh... In another way, if you don't start nothing, there won't be nothing. I know that's bad English. If you don't start anything, there won't be anything. So just don't start it. Don't even go down that road. 
I do believe, I want to repeat, lesbianism, homosexuality, men, two men together, you get caught up in that, the devil is going to trap you if you if you don't call out to Jesus to help you real seriously. Because it goes down is d- deeper and deeper. You know why the homosexual community now started out just homosexuality, being gay, okay? But now it's LGBT plus. They have 81 genders now and still climbing. The devil is a lie. You know why? Because it's demonic. It's called legions of demons. They're legion. This is why people talk about a, a, a little movie star the other day. Talking about uh, uh, her pronouns are they. Then she refers to herself as we. You know why? She's filled with a legion of demons. That's why. You know why it's multiplying? Demons. They need the devil cast out of them. See? And you get caught up in that if you want to. You're going to get caught up in the whirlwind. And only Jesus, seriously, can get you out of it. And that is why preachers, pastors, we need the church, the local church, to help pull people out of the fire. We don't need you to put them in the fire of homosexuality, uh, having members in the church who are out and out, open, homos, out of the closet, homosexuals, married to each other. You don't need that. And that's why the church is falling apart today, because you allowed it. You know why Hill song has been destroyed? It started way back when they allowed homosexuals in the church as members and kept them as members, but put them down from the platform, from, from being over the choir and over the praise team, but they kept them as members. And that's why Hillsong is in the mess she is in today. Okay, so uh, don't don't mess with sin. Will take you further than you want it to go. Keep you longer than you want it to stay, and make you pay more than you wanted to pay. You can mark that down. Go on with your bad self. I'm not Dr. John McNeil, who's not going to say anything to you. I'm going to say what I got to say to you. Go on with your bad self. You're going to find out the hard way. And some of you parents need to tell your children if you have done your job in raising your children. And you loved your children, and you helped your children, and you got them to where they should go. And uh, you uh, played with your children, you had fun with your children, and you left everything on the field. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking to those parents. I'm not talking to parents who did, did a, in the words of uh, Bishop Daniel White Jr., a half-ass job. I'm not talking to y'all. They ain't going to tell what's going to happen to your children. But those of you who left it all on the field, that's how you need to tell, that's what you need to tell your children. That if you go out here and, and, and mess around and play with sin and toy with sin like Samson, like Eve, like Adam, uh, you're going to pay a severe price. Particularly for those who know better and were raised right. 
You say, please, do you worry about your children? No, because I raised them. I know I did my part. I pray for them every day. I send them a little text every day. But I, 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 get, I left everything on the field. I said, you, you do what you want. But you're going to pay the price. <clears throat> if you do. And, and, and for you, it's going to come quicker and harder. For those who know to do good and do it not, to them it is sin. As I said, I'm not Dr. John McNeil Jr. I'm not going to sit back and, and not say anything to you. I, I said, I, I made it very clear. You can toy with sin if you want to. You're going to pay a severe price. False believers will be cast into the furnace of fire. False believers are people who are in the church but did not really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They went to the church for a thousand and one different reasons. To get a man, to get a woman, or to violate a woman. Predators who are sick in the head, wanting to violate and rape precious children. Some went because they heard that the church can help them get a car and help them get a house because they have an inside track at a certain realtor or a certain car dealer. Yeah, if you come to our church, man, you we'll, we'll, we'll hook you right on up because we believe in the prosperity gospel of debt. We believe in faking it until you're making it and all that foolishness. The furnace is the same as the lake of fire in the book of Revelation. The furnace of fire. However you want to hear that, you don't want any parts of this. Some of you say in Texas, it's hot as hell. No, it's not hot as hell. This is going to be the real deal right here. This is going to be an air-conditioned place uh, compared to hell. Yes, that's right, including Texas. It is a place of everlasting fire and everlasting torment where those who are cast into it will wail and weep with sorrow over their sins because of the pain of their sins, the pain of their punishment, and gnash their teeth with pain. If you're like me, you try to avoid pain. I have told my wife and family I don't mind dying, but I do mind pain. I, had a, I was in the hospital a long time ago for a little something, and uh, I was in pain. I, I, I couldn't really describe the pain, but a deep down pain. And they tried, they gave me something, didn't, didn't work. Gave me something else, didn't work. Then I think they gave me some morphine or something like that. And buddy, I, I, I said, hey, hey, doc, give me some more of that right there. 
Why? Because I don't like pain. You say, you're a big old strong fellow. Yeah, that's, uh, I understand all that, but I don't like, <laughs> I don't like pain. <laughs> I don't like pain, Jack. Mm-mm. I'm not. Mm. I will find, give me some painkillers. Because I want the pain killed. You can't do that in hell. You can't do that in the furnace of fire. You cannot do that in the lake of fire. No aspirin, no Advil, no morphine. Nothing but eternal pain. You say, preacher, uh, you are not to try to scare. I'm not trying to scare you anywhere. Where am I going to scare you to? Hell number one, hell number two, hell number three. What? No, I'm, I'm repeating to you what Jesus said and what the Bible says. Over and over and over again. I have to do my job and warn you. Otherwise, I will get into trouble with God. So where is me if I don't preach the gospel? That's what Paul said. I have to do this. Because this is where people who don't believe in Jesus Christ are going to the furnace of fire. The only way to avoid this furnace of fire is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and follow him so that your name will be found written in the book of life. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he will help you to repent of your sins. Uh, let me say, I believe many great preachers have been wrong. They, they, they've worded things wrong. They, they have told people to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the repentance takes place simultaneously and you need Jesus to help you to repent. You need, you need Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit to help you to repent. And there may be a slight little process right there that God has to help you to understand. But the first step, as Jesus has stated clearly himself, for God so loved the world, he's the first to preach the gospel and he's the best who ever preached it. And there is no clearer presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ than from the Son of God himself. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Perish where? In the furnace of fire. You can poo-poo on it all you want to. You can deceive yourself into thinking that, oh, God is not going to send anybody to hell and everybody's going to go to heaven. He just said that to scare everybody to him and so forth. And God does not do that. Jesus doesn't. They don't do that. I don't know where you got that from. Stop trying to figure out God and believe what he says. Because I'm here to tell you, you can think foolishly like that all you want to. God means what he says. Jesus meant what he said. What they are telling you is what you're going to find out. 
Jesus Christ said, Whosoever believeth in him, he was talking about himself, should not perish, perish where? In the furnace of fire, hell, the lake of fire. No, hell is not a grave. Hell is not, this hell we're talking about is not the grave. Which some Jehovah's Witnesses have taught all across the country, especially in the black community. And whenever I see the uh, homo, the Whenever I see them, I say, you can translate the word hell into peanut brittle. I'm concerned about the, fire, the word fire right beside hell, man. Huh? How do you translate that? What's up with that? Huh? No, no, don't put me in a grave where there's fire. You know what the scripture says. Stop twisting the scriptures. Jesus Christ made it very clear over and over and over again. Hell is a place of torment with fire. And so, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shall be saved. And if you're with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, allow me to show you clearly how you can place your faith and trust in Him. How you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and why you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. First, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner. And that you have broken God's law. The Holy Bible says in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. I told you that earlier. Every last one of us. Nobody is better than you. And you're not better than anybody else. That does not exist people. Stop thinking that other people are better than you. Stop thinking that you're better than anybody else. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty. Accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin always. We know this deep down. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Let me see it again. For the wages of sin is death. We die. See, and this right here ought to help you to understand that hell is real. Because that verse is real. We die because of our sin. God says the wages of sin is death. Not the Pew uh, research. Not the Bonner research. God said it. Because he knows the truth. And we're all sinners. And uh, we're going to die for our sins. That's, that's a horrible thing. 
to contemplate. You're living today on this ball, this beautiful ball called, called Earth, but you're going to die. Cease to exist. I don't care who you are, if you would sit down and think about that, that is a horrible thing. That's a punishment within itself. It's, it's not only horrible, it's horrifying. It's frightening. I don't care who you think you are. It's not that frightening and, and, and horrifying to a person who believes in Jesus Christ. But even for a person who believes in Jesus Christ, uh, is not the way you really want to go. Why? Because it is a punishment for our sins. So you're not going to die because of the coronavirus plague. You're not going to die because of a car crash. You're not going to die because of cancer. You're going to die because of your lies. What you have stolen and you have never given back, never apologized. You're going to die because of your fornication, that is having sex before marriage. You're going to die because of your adultery. That's for people who are having sex after marriage and with married people that they're not married to. See, preacher, I really don't want to hear all of this tonight. No, you need to hear it, though. Maybe you won't go to the back room with Bo Peep or Sylvia. You might get saved and repent of that foolishness. And just, you know, sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to bow your head and tell Bo Peep and tell Sylvia, uh, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't. I have to follow Christ. I don't want to go to hell. And then you say, you know what, the, the interesting thing about death is that we just don't know when death is going to come. There are many, many thousands of people over the years who have died in the bed with Bo Peep. Or they have died in the bed with Sylvia, somebody they're not married to, and went straight to hell. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth or a woman soweth, that shall they also reap. Case in point, this past week, beautiful woman, beautiful family, two million dollar house, had it all. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman doeth, that shall they also reap. And then sometimes if you continue in your sin, you will reap the whirlwind. Don't think you're going to get away with your sin, please. That's foolishness, people. The hand of man that she was having sex with, committing adultery with for two years, while her husband was out working and providing for the family, two million dollar house, you got to pay for that. She had it all. And she's in hell today if she never got saved. And guess who put her there? Yes, her sin. 
and her boyfriend who stabbed her nearly 60 times because she was trying to break it off. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. <clears throat> Someone said a long time ago, the will of God grinds slow, but it grinds true. Go on with your bad self. That's what I'm going to tell you. Dr. John McNeil is going to, Junior is going to take his glasses off and look at you. Your sin causes you to die. Your sin and not believing in Jesus Christ causes you to go to hell. Forever. Locked in hell forever. If you're claustrophobic, you don't need to go to hell. You don't like to be in one place a long time? You don't need to go to hell because it's going to be forever. Uh, God has never lied about anything. Jesus Christ has never lied about anything. I don't care what the fake preachers say. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen to you. Jesus Christ made it very clear. Jesus Christ, who preached more on hell than all of the prophets, who preached more on hell than the apostles, Old Testament and New Testament, said in one of his sermons in Mark chapter 9, verses 43, to 48. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the, into the fire, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, Jesus Christ said, you think Jesus is playing here? No, he said this with a straight face. Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, pardon me, into the fire that never shall be quenched. You see how Jesus repeated this over and over again? He mentioned the word hell and into the fire that never shall be quenched. He mentioned fire over and over and over and over again. Now translate that. What is that in Greek? It's fire. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out, for it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. 
Now notice what he says again. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. You say, well, preacher, now don't you know there are other reasons why people ought to get saved? Yes, I do know. One I have already mentioned in this sermon. To set you free from sin. And the, sin, and the pain that sin causes in your life. That you're living right now. But see, what many preachers don't understand today is that the main object right now is to get people to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, the help of the Holy Spirit, repent of their sins. And once that journey begins, then all the other benefits come. But right now, and particularly for my job as a pastor, we, I mean as, a pre, as an evangelist, is to get people saved. And pastors ought to do the job of the evangelist, do the work of an evangelist, to get people saved. We have too many pastors trying to pastor lost people. That's the problem in the church. And the first order of business is to get people saved from hell. And then they'll be able to understand the benefits that believing in Jesus Christ uh, provides for this life. So hell is a very real place, my dear friends. Hell is a place of torment and fire. Hell is bad news. But I do have some good news for you. Preached first and best by none other than Jesus Christ, as I told you earlier. For Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world. That includes you. If you're in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten Son. His name is Jesus Christ. That whosoever... The word whosoever means anybody at any time. Believeth in him. The word believeth means to trust in. To have faith in. To depend upon. If you believe in him, Jesus Christ said, you should not perish. That means you will not go to hell. But have everlasting life. That means you go to heaven even though you don't deserve it. You cannot work for this salvation. You cannot pay any money for this salvation. Jesus Christ did not mention any of that. Jesus Christ never said you need to give me a thousand dollar seed offering to get saved. It is a free gift. Jesus paid it all, the songwriter said. All to him we owe. Get used to it. How many of you have been saved from something before? Drowning or car accident or something. You could not get yourself out of the burning car. Somebody came and what? Saved you. You might want to pay them something. You would. You tell them, I'll pay you back. I'll pay. They would tell you, no, that's all right. I just did what any other uh, uh, decent human being would have done. 
drowning, you need somebody to what? Save you. Someone went out there, risked their lives <clears throat> to save you from drowning. You needed help. <clears throat> Pardon me, 100% help. You could not help yourself. You could not pay anybody any money to, 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 to be saved from uh, drowning. You didn't have time to even negotiate that. You needed to be saved. And somebody saved you. How about in the hurricanes down in Houston? How many times we saw people out there on the on their rooftop or uh, on the top of a car or top of something or in a tree? They needed to be what? Saved. Uh, they could not what? Save themselves. This is the kind of salvation we're talking about, okay? <clears throat> and this is the kind of salvation you need. You are on your way to a devil's hell and you cannot save yourself. Going to church will not save you. Singing in the choir will not save you. Giving money to the church will not save you. Doing good works will not save you. <clears throat> Speaking in tongues will not save you. Only what Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the purest form of the gospel. <clears throat> Straight from the heart of the Son of God himself. Believe in him. Believe what he just said. And trust in him as your savior. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends. Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. You're drowning deep in sin. On your way to a devil's hell. You and, and, and it's like you're going in a straitjacket. You can't get yourself out of it. I know that makes you feel uh, like nothing. I know it hurts your pride. But you're in the same kind of situation that thousands of other people have been in on earth. They were drowning. They were in a car crash and the, and the, and, and, and the car was on fire. They could not get themselves out. They could not keep themselves from drowning. They could not get themselves out of a burning house. <clears throat> a fireman had to come. He would be considered the savior. Lifeguard had to come and save you. He would be considered your savior uh, in your natural life. And you talk about that person for the rest of your life, don't you? I owe that man my life. A man who was passing by on the highway, he jumped out of his car and pulled me out of the fire. And you tell him what? I owe you my life. That's in the natural realm. This is in the spiritual realm. The really real realm. You need a savior. And he has come. His name is Jesus Christ. 
who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you, so that you can live forever with him. He is here to save you. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul. And he will call on his name. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Now you can't do this once you go to hell. You got to do this before you go. Nobody can get you out of hell once you go to hell. There's no vestibule. There's no uh, purgatory. There's no limbo. Nobody can pay you out of hell. Nobody can pray you out of hell. That's the lie of the Catholic Church and of the popes trying to raise money. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want to be saved tonight from your sins, from the pain of sin and from the punishment of sin in that awful place called hell, this is the beginning point. There are many other blessings uh, that I can't even begin to describe to you uh, once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can share a few things. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. You'll have good cheer in your life if you're truly saved. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ. You'll have the forgiveness of sins. So many blessings. So believe in him today. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. Pray and ask him, call on his name, and ask him to save you, and he will, even tonight. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be a member of a church. I got saved in in an Air Force dorm room, and you can get saved in a dorm room too. You can get saved right there on your bed, right there on your couch, Walking down the street. Just pause a minute and pray the sinner's prayer with me. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God in heaven, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have sinned against you. I have told lies before. I have stolen things before. I have lusted in my heart uh, at people and things. I have dishonored my parents from time to time. And I have disobeyed them. And I have also dishonored you by taking your name in vain. And Lord, as you know, I've sinned many more times than that. And in different ways. 
For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. I understand that I deserve to die and go to hell because of my sins. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and to turn from my evil life and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I do pray, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, for those of you who pray that prayer with me, and you truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. If you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, uh, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead, allow me to say congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and received him into your heart uh, as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have, uh, and, that, and that material is designed to help you to take the next steps and to grow in the faith. <coughs> Pardon me. Also, if you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well. And we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good. Is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. For those of you who are now saved and those of you who have been saved for a while, pray without ceasing. We're living in uh, times that uh, we have never lived before. So pray without ceasing. 
read the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God as the music plays and as we close in prayer. Please stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your love, and your grace. I praise you and I thank you for your holy word and your holy gospel. Help everybody under the sound of my voice to believe your holy word and to believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for millions to come to know your Savior. If that has not already been done, only you know. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, help the saints to depart tonight, understanding that we need to live, by your grace, holy lives, and uh, so that we can be a, a proper witness to the lost. Those who are not believers, but they're in the church, Lord, help them to humble themselves and not hold on to something that is not real, but to truly uh, repent of their sins, truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, once they are saved, to turn from their evil ways with the help of the Holy Ghost. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Glorify your holy name. Lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name we do pray. Amen. I don't know why Jesus loved me.